and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Romans 8 and 17. joining us for another episode of our Deeply Rooted Faith podcast and welcome to our new listeners. My name is Marge and I'm just so excited to have you guys here with me. We simply exist to glorify the name of Jesus Christ and spread the gospel. So join us as we journey through what it actually means to be deeply rooted in him. Holy Spirit, We thank you for your tangible presence that is in its place. We thank you for your love, your grace, your tender mercies. So Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So the title of this episode is called, Do You Know Who You Are? So this is a story about how sometimes God answers prayers through other people. This actually dates back to February 24th, 2018. So I met this elderly patient, a really nice guy. I guess he came into the ER complaining of chest pains. So the ER doctor had ordered for him to get a chest x-ray. So when I went to go get him, it so happens that his stretcher was just outside of our x-ray room. It was one of those busy nights. So I introduced myself and verified his information. After his x-rays were done, we had a chance to chat a bit. And the first thing that he asked me was, what church do you go to? And I told him that the church I was currently attending was located in Connecticut. And he proceeded to ask what type of church it was. And I told him it was a Christian church. At the time, I wasn't sure of the denomination. I just knew that it was a place where I got to experience the tangible presence of God. He looked at me with a smile and said, I can tell there is something about you. You need to be spiritually fulfilled. He suddenly got my attention. It was like, what do you mean by that, sir? He smiled again and said, Jesus loves you. You know that, right? My heart dropped. He's a signed nurse, stopped by to introduce herself, so I left. Just a little backstory. My weekends consisted of working the overnight shift from 11.45 to 7 a.m. On February 24th, right before I took a power nap, I was crying out to God. I said, Lord, I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm not sure of what direction you want me to take. I am willing to follow you with all my heart. I can't go to church unless I ask for a weekend off. I have no idea what you're currently doing in my life, but here I am, desperate for you, trusting you, even if it hurts. So this prayer was basically about needing guidance, you know, um, for God to just guide me into into, um, my next step, really. I wasn't sure how much longer I was going to, to last with my current night position. Around 2 a.m. on February 25th, 2018, 
I sensed that God was reaching out to me through this, through my encounter with this patient. And that's exactly what God did. He, he sent me a message of love. He wanted me to know that he loved me and that he heard my cry. And at that moment, he was also answering my prayer. So what is spiritual fulfillment, one may ask? Well, spiritual fulfillment is the realization of your true self, of, of who you are, and it can only be gained by centering our lives around the Lord, or some may say by cooperating with God. So what would be required of me in order for me to be spiritually fulfilled? I thought to myself. Instantaneously, the word submission came to mind. Submission means the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. So was God calling me into a place of submission? I thought to myself. And automatically, I sought myself in my car, but as the passenger in God as the driver, driving us to our destination, I had no say or no input, giving him complete control. You know, I found it extremely compelling because the first question that the patient had asked me was if I attended a church. Huh. That's such a random question to ask someone you barely know. But then again, this was the ER and you see the weirdest stuff there. I was just talking to God. I was like, God, what are you trying to say? So did spiritual fulfillment for me mean going to church more? Possibly. Because whenever I attended, something would stir up in me. If I wasn't going to church every Sunday, how could I be spiritually fulfilled? I needed to find something to keep me connected. I needed to be connected to a church. Going to church for me would mean that I'd have to look for another position or resign from my current one. So I went and spoke to my manager about going per diem. So basically per diem is just a fancy word for saying as needed for my non-medical people. It wasn't feasible, so I gave my notice. But deep down, I really wish that we could have worked something out for me to stay. I guess God had other plans. It was terrifying quitting my weekend position. My fiance went back to school full time to her niece's bachelor's degree while working full time. Though I left my ED position, I still worked part time at an ambulatory clinic about three days a week and picked up whenever they needed me to. I had a lot of free time, so I sought out to cultivate my relationship with God. And working three days a week just wasn't cutting it. Our bills were piling up. I wasn't making enough money to help out with the bills. My account was in the negatives. There were months where I was unable to pay my phone bill. My phone actually got shut off quite a few times. We were both under so much stress. I found myself in uncharted territory. I wasn't sure if I was going to drown or swim, maybe even take my fiance down with me. In the back of my mind, I was thinking maybe quitting wasn't such a great idea after all because 
it was extremely tough. There were so many changes happening in both of our lives. I was changing inwardly and it was making my fiance extremely uncomfortable because he really didn't understand. How can I blame him, you know? I'm thankful that he stayed the course. Learning to trust God with change can be extremely challenging, especially if you're accustomed to doing things on your own. But I knew that God and I were building something special. So I kept my gaze on him. I trusted him to cover us in this difficult season and transition of our lives. There were nights where I cried myself to sleep because things kept getting harder. Can I just be transparent with you guys? I honestly thought that once I gave my life to Christ, everything was going to change right away. Boy, was I wrong. No one told me that things could possibly get worse. I would have really thought about it. (laughs) No, but seriously, God is awesome. I wouldn't have it any other way. But really though, in my case, things worsened. Again, it's a process. You know, I don't know where I got the notion that being in God would be all peaches and cream. I sure felt that way. I can't be the only one. Come on. I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt that way. Just be honest with yourselves. A lot of us have this perception that once we give our lives to Christ, it's an automatic change. I'm sure it's possible, but I firmly believe that for most of us, it had to be a process. God, he works from the inside out. We, we as humans, we look at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. It's usually like, I'm going to turn your life upside down and rebuild you to what I've called you to be. Everything that's not of me has to go. I was in a season where I had nothing else but my faith going for me. I had to trust God even when things didn't look so promising. In that season of drought, God showed up as my provider, my friend, my defender, my everything. It was in my desert season that I began to learn who I really was in Christ and what I was made of. And whenever perplexities pressed, I held on to God a bit tighter. I guess God needed to extract some things out of me. I used to be a very prideful person. I hated asking for help. In that season, I found myself asking for help. So God had to work the spirit of pride out of me. I used to be one of those people who used to spend who used to spend money lavishly on things just to say, look at my name and mark his bag. That listen, that brought me so much contentment or peace of mind, you know? <laughs> just kidding. Um God had to tear down the idol of money out of me. You name it, I needed to be humbled. I needed to be broken in order for God to do his work within me. It was like, God, if you're allowing 
me to go through all of this. There must be a reason behind it. When I said, I'm willing to trust you, even if it hurts, I didn't mean it like that or all that. Be careful about the prayers that you pray because God will test you. We can't decide for God how he should begin a process of refining in us. I had to trust the process. I had to maintain an attitude of perfect trust. I believe this process is called the purifying process. The process where you feel like there's so much heat that have been applied and you begin to question and think, will I eventually, will you eventually make it to the other side? I had to keep the notion that God was in control. No season in God is wasted, y'all. Every season we go through, God is either trying to show us something, teach us something, or extract something out of us so we can become more like him. Because our highest aim is to look more like Jesus Christ each and every single day. The things God will do for us to help us understand who we are. Sometimes God will make his way evidently clear for us to walk right through it. And sometimes he sends a storm. So it's up to us to decide which side we want to be on. At the beginning of our journey with Jesus, I truly believe that he holds our hands and make his way clear for us. Again, it's up to us to decide if it's something we're willing to pursue because the invitation is there. And if it is God that we are pursuing, I assure you nothing will stand in your way. And just like God swept the Egyptian army into the Red Sea, God has the ability to do just that to whatever stands in your way. If we were to take the story of Moses and just analyze it, God made his way evidently clear for his people to walk through the Red Sea, to showcase his power to Pharaoh and the Israelites. Moses knew who he was in God, and he knew God. Moses knew that he needed God and God alone. He even said, we would rather die here than go without your presence. Desperation brings about true encounters with God. Intimacy with God will bring about a change of heart, complete dependency on him. Not just knowing him as the God who performs miracles, but as the one who is able to show us the way, also teach us the way. Jeremiah 42 verse 3 says that the Lord your God may show us the way in which we should walk in the thing we should do. God will do that. It may not be the route that we would have taken for ourselves, but God is God. I had to completely depend on God, conforming to his ways, receiving his guidance, his wisdom, his discipline. My desert season was a time for me to truly learn about his character and his love for me. Can I tell you guys a little secret? Don't resist the process of God. It makes for a bumpy journey.
The sooner you understand that God is in control and all you have to do is surrender to that process, it becomes very freeing. At least that's how it was for me. So what this tells me is that knowing who you are in Christ not only flows from God's presence, it also brings about a separation, a distinguishing. How do one become a child of God? I'm glad you asked that question. That's actually an easy answer. We must first repent and then accept Jesus as our Savior. Let Jesus become the ruler of our lives. It's really that easy. Because God's desire is that no one perishes. And once we've received Christ as the ruler of our lives, God becomes our Father. He welcomes us with open arms. Plus, we're not only adopted, we're also accepted as his sons and daughters despite our past. We even take on a new identity in him. An identity that gives us endless possibilities to change the world around us. New blessing and inheritance. One of which, that as children, we shall inherit the earth. That our names is written in the heavens. And the best blessing of all, we have a partner in crime, the Holy Spirit. Can I just take a moment just to thank God? Lord, we thank you that you take what the enemy meant for evil and you always turn it for good. Can I be honest with you guys? Did you know that the enemy is afraid of you? The enemy is afraid of you finding out who you really are in Christ. The enemy keeps you blind by misrepresenting truth. The enemy wants to keep you in the darkness. Because guess what? Light dispels darkness. John 8 verse 12 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Meaning, if we walk with Jesus, we will not walk in darkness. Yes, darkness is all around us. Listen, the world has no other light than him. Jesus is our light. So it's either Jesus or darkness. There's no alternative, no other light. When you know who you are in Christ, the world around you changes. Listen, y'all, if I were the enemy, I would be scared too. Just imagine a child of God walking in their true identity in Christ. You'd make hell shake. So today I stand on Romans 8 verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified in him. So what is Romans 8, 17 telling us? So let's, so let's just start with the and if children. So there you already have a conditional statement, which means that there must be a prerequisite before one can become a child of God. The prerequisite looks like what we've already talked about previously. I believe that God is looking for a people who loves him with, with all their hearts. 
a people whose desires are aligned with his heart, a people who remains humble through trials and tribulations, a people who's not afraid to say, God, this season sucks, but I trust you, I love you, I will follow you, and that you are enough for me. Suffering with him to me means dying to yourself daily. Are we willing to die to ourselves daily? Dying to our fleshly needs and wants. Knowing who you are is built on a foundation of love and the acceptance of God's truth. I needed to go through some things to understand who I was, who I am in Christ, and who God has called me to be. One thing I've learned is that if we don't allow God to show us who we are, the world will surely paint a picture for us. Listen, y'all, this world is a vile place. It will tear you apart if you don't know who you are. So my question to you today is, who is Christ to you? Do you know who you are? God wants to give you more. You're not just here to exist. You're not just here to be saved. There's so much more. You are here so God can showcase his power through you. I have come to tell you today that creation is awaiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. So wake up, child of God. You are adopted. You are the salt of the earth. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are sanctified in the blood. You are set free from the law of sin and death. You are alive in Christ. You are called of God to be the voice of his praise. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You are greatly loved by him. Wake up sons and daughters there's great purpose in you god has gifted you god has empowered you god has anointed you to do some incredible things in the world realize who you are and walk in your purpose if god is calling you into it he will give you the grace and make a way for it speaks the words of god over your life and everything around you Activate who you are. Activate who you are in God. And who God has called you to be. And watch the things around you change. Things change when we call on the name of Jesus. I am a living proof of that. So from a child of God to another, I say you are who God says you are. no righteousness of my own I am spiritually poor and utterly dependent on you I cling to this that you justify the ungodly and this is the basis on which I pray and do battle Jesus I thank you for being the gatekeeper of my soul I present myself as a living sacrifice unto you and say Lord have your way Father, we thank you for the angels that have been assigned to this podcast. 
so your will shall be made manifested. We thank you that this place is conducive to your glory. So in this moment, Lord, we speak to your sons and daughters. We say, let the children of God arise. Let your remnant arise. We speak to the ones in hiding. Even now, Father, we speak into their destinies. We speak into their lives in you, Lord. We speak the might of Christ in them, Father, so that they will know that they no longer have to operate under a slavish mentality, but they can come to you as sons and daughters and you will receive them with open arms. Father, we come against the plans of the enemy over their minds and over their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Surely, Father, your word says that at the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, we ask that you be the Lord of our thoughts, the Lord of our lives, as we walk boldly into our true identity in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this concludes our episode for this week. This episode ignited something within me. So thank you for rocking with us, or should I say thank you for rocking with Jesus and I. This week, I challenge you guys to learn to see yourselves as God sees you. Um, Too many of us, you know, want to relate to God with a slave mentality. Listen, y'all, through faith in Jesus, we are saved, okay? So our, our identity in Christ doesn't depend on something we do or have done. We are exactly who God says we are. So let the Holy Spirit renew your mind. Thanks again for rocking with us. My name is Marge. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at DRF Podcast or leave us a comment. Thank you for listening. God bless. See you next time.